0: Busy night for the call cult, cult pop the
1: pop. The, what's our name? This podcast. We're back. <laughs> it's our podcast, it's the Lord's Cast. It's the...
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're here doing the good work.
1: <laughs> Blasphemy, yeah. Well, Blasphemy, mm. I had the noy. Wow. So, who do we have with us today, Gabe? Again, well, back again. Oh, whoa, whoa, what is Allie
2: Burnett? What? Hello, it's good to be back, friends.
1: And what does Allie want to talk about today? Broach, any topic. Allie, whatever's on your mind, go, just we'll- we'll Allie wants to discuss-
2: Existential dread.
1: (laughs) Oh my God, let's go. Gabe just got a I'm very (laughs) stimulated,
2: (laughs) uh,
0: psychologically, Uh, psychosomatically.
1: We are here to talk about The Morning Show, the Apple TV streaming television series that just had its second season. But we're gonna depart very briefly to talk about being the Ricardos, something I touched on very briefly Cause it didn't really speak to me. I do love I Love Lucy, the show. Uh, but Nicole Kidman just won a Golden Globe for Best Actress and Being the Ricardos. So, wow! apparently people like this movie. People like her. I didn't really think much of it. But- you know,
2: so I had a candid conversation with my friend about this show. And, yeah, various thoughts. Well, background, I Love Lucy... Became my favorite show when I first saw it. When I was eight in second grade, I went on to watch every single episode. I've seen them many, many times. I was like, you know, Lucille Ball as my autobiography um, projects, like in elementary school. You had I
1: Love Lucy posters in your room. I
2: had I Love Lucy posters in my room. I've
1: never heard about someone (laughs) doing that before.
2: Yeah. People. Eight-year-old Allie.
1: People who love I Love Lucy, like really love I Love Lucy. Haven't you ever seen Rat Race? With the bus of Lucy's? (laughs) Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, It's easy to become passionate if it like clicks for you. There's like a zing, obviously, that the show has, the fact that it had 60 million viewers during the time, um, which is more than any show has ever had in all of history. Anyways, that being said, mixed feelings, I liked some of like the more behind the scene like. Controversy that the show displayed, which a lot I would say a lot of people don't know about the dynamics between Desi and Lucy, um, and whatnot. Um, I did not love Nicole Kidman's portrayal of her.
1: Same. Oh.
2: Nicole Kidman is
1: lucille ball lucille bad
2: so one thing nicole kidman is obviously a beautiful woman a great actress i really enjoy her but i did feel like there was a disconnect with the age because in the movie she, lucy's supposed to be well she actually claims she's 35 but she's actually 39 she lied about her age to hopefully get different feature films i mean nicole kidman's like i think 52 um and not to say she's not beautiful and is aged well, nothing like that. But I did feel like there was kind of a disconnect with the actual casting. Um, not to say that she didn't do a good job. I just felt like there was, I don't know, just kind of a little bit of a disconnect. And I don't know. I just, I guess, I didn't love Nicole Kidman's portrayal. But it's also like such a hard role to cast because Lucille yeah. Ball, like she's, she's Lucille very Ball, very specific, One yeah. She's the one and only, and like that's such a hard role to cast. So I will say she did a great job considering the shoes she had to fill, but it wasn't my favorite.
1: Which is why I disagree with her winning the Golden Globe because the other people who were in that list were... Like there have been so many better performances by women this year in other films. Mm -hmm. And that role was so very specific to being Lucille Ball that Nicole Kidman's performance was, you know, she's always good. I love her to death and everything she is. But just that wasn't it. Like that wasn't her role. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't think she filled it.
2: Yeah. I I mean, I I didn't love it. But yeah, I thought it was fun uh, as a lover of the show to kind of see the way they like portrayed the behind the scenes and what happened and the dynamics and kind of the tragedy of that story. So
1: their marriage in
2: general, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like phenomenal Mm -hmm. in the terms of like the performances to me, but it was fun. It was interesting. It was well done.
1: Anyway, we're here today to talk about another Apple TV show. Again, didn't think I'd be doing this many podcasts about Apple TV shows. What was our other one? Ted Lasso, another one you did not watch. Wow, I just hate Apple. And so shit. I had to bring other people to talk about it with me. Yeah, okay. Because Gay didn't watch this one either. Shoot me. Um, <laughs> I wish I could. I wish you, you. <laughs> Okay, so this show is called The Morning Show, and I had heard a lot of good things about season one, and then season two came out, and I decided to keep waiting to see if like, like I could hear about the buzz, and then when season two ended, people just were saying it's one of the best shows on TV right now, and so I uh, was like, yeah, I'm really intrigued. I want to watch it. I heard it's about like sort of the Me Too movement, but season one was about the Me Too movement directly, head on. This show is about a popular uh, morning talk show. And there's two people who are co-anchors. One of them is Jennifer Anderson. The other one is Steve Carell of Office fame. The Office. The office. The American Office. And through the Me Too movement, Steve Carell, there's something that comes out about him, and he gets fired from the morning show. And the whole behind-the-scenes of the morning show everyone that's involved is scrambling to try to figure out what to do and then the show just continues from there a uh, sort of secondary character who is played by reese witherspoon is this very outspoken woman who has never really found her footing in that world of news delivering you know she's so outspoken that she gets fired or leaves just naturally leaves her one job i forget and then they bring her on the morning show I think the day after Steve Carell gets fired and in a move of power, Jennifer Aniston announces that she's going to be the new co-host to replace Steve Carell because people like Reese Witherspoon and how outspoken and candid she is. So they begin this season one where it's Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston and they don't really get along and all the other characters in the show don't really get along. I'm quickly glossing over it. There's a lot that happens It's very good. I couldn't recommend it enough. At the time, we were watching Succession and stopped watching Succession to watch this, watched all of it, and then came back to Succession because (gasps) this show was very, very engaging and gabing, if you will. And then toward the end of season one, the whole kind of idea of the whole season is, is the station that they work for toxic or is it not toxic? And You know, if Steve Carell got fired, he couldn't have been the only person that was toxic in that environment. And so at the end of season one, Jennifer Aniston's character, Alex Levy, and Reese Witherspoon's character, Bradley Jackson, kind of out their network. And the the head of the network gets fired. And Billy Credup, who is my personal favorite character in the show, who is uh, at the time, like the person sort of underneath the head of the network, He plays uh, Corey Ellison. is also trying to sort of play the political game to sort of take that role of the head of the network and is encouraging Reese Witherspoon's character to do that. Anyway, the show ends right there. Uh, Season one ends right after they announce that to the public, to the world, and then it just goes cut. Uh, And then season two begins with this really haunting, these haunting aerials of New York, empty. All the streets are empty obviously alluding to COVID-19, which sets the stage for all of season two, which, you know, in season one, it's confronting the Me Too movement head on. When they went to film season two, they filmed apparently, I think, like five or six episodes. And then they got shut down because of COVID when it hit uh, in March of 2020. Uh, hit the United States, I should say. (laughs) Publicly. In a big way. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And then when they went back to keep filming season two, They had rewritten or wrote in new scenes to the previous five or six episodes that confronted the topic of COVID-19 and the pandemic head on, um, which is really interesting. And so this season confronts that. Meanwhile, we've been following Steve Carell's character who goes to Italy to sort of escape the canceling that has happened to him. And um, in Italy, he meets this sort of aspiring documentarian. And she films him sort of actually finally being remorseful for his actions. Uh, On the same night, he uh, drives off a cliff and dies. What? And then she has like the last footage of him ever and comes back to the network via connection, because she hadn't met Jennifer Aniston's character, because Jennifer Aniston went to Italy to get closure, because, you know, she was, like, best friends with Steve Carell for, like, 20 years. So she knew this documentarian. Jennifer Aniston got the documentarian sort of an interview with Billy Crudup, and then she shows him the footage of Mitch Kessler, played by Steve Carell, and he's just like, oh my gosh, that's insane. We should keep talking. And then the show, season two, ends with it sort of ends with Jennifer Aniston being canceled because of this book that came out by sort of an expose person and Jennifer Aniston having COVID because she went to Italy <gasps> is in quarantine. And then at the same time, Billy Crudup's trying to make, he's, he's trying to put out a streaming service for the network to kind of stay alive because he's not being very well received as the head of the network now. And so Jennifer Aniston puts out the show on streaming service where she's in quarantine. You know, she's the face of the country from everybody knows her and loves her from this morning show. And, uh, Jennifer Aniston finally has this moment where she sort of stops being worried about what everyone else thinks. And she finally tells the world and she kind of opens up about who she really is and what she really is feeling, which is, the whole time her character is like trying to figure that out. Meanwhile, Reese Witherspoon's character comes out as a lesbian and she starts dating other famous anchor, news person, and they have a relationship. And then Corey Ellison, Billy Crudup, tells Bradley, because he he clearly, over the course of the show, like really, really likes her, and then finally admits that he loves her. Mm. Um, And then that's kind of where season two ends. I can't remember. It wasn't as much of a cliffhanger as season one, but COVID is still going on, obviously, both in real life and in the show. But I'm excited to see where season three picks up. This show does a lot of things well. It's very well written, very well acted, well directed, just all around very, very good. I really enjoyed this show. It's also easier for me to watch than Succession. It's hard to say it's more entertaining, but like it's easier to watch.
2: I personally think Succession is a better show, but the morning show is more palatable for the masses and thus. It uses specific tools, I think, to hook you and I think you can more easily like binge watch it because you kind of like, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? Whereas Succession, even though you want to know what's next in Succession, I almost felt like there's like this more more there's more processing to have with Succession and almost like this slower pace. Even the show itself has a slower pace than the morning show which is very i mean you have these really big name actresses and actors and there's like that allure and then everything just is really juicy right like they're dealing with like these really big topics from well actually one of the criticisms is that they're like late to the game with these topics because like it Premiered in 2019. They're dealing with me too, but that happened years beforehand, or like, not that it's not still happening, but that issue was most prominent a few years before the show aired and then it deals with covid a year after or i guess more than a year after um covid and whatnot basically like it hooks you you want to watch it and there are some good things about it for sure but there's a lot of like messiness with character development and i would have to agree to some extent like i really enjoyed the show i wanted to keep watching it like steven said we like Totally went through all of it. It was super engaging. It made me think about these topics more in depth. I thought the performances were really good. Jennifer Aniston in particular. But yeah, I I think that kind of makes sense that there is some like character development that like specifically with Bradley's character. Like I feel like there was like quite a few things that happened that felt like is this the person we started out with in the first episode yeah it does not because it just didn't resonate mm-hmm. um so i do think there are some inconsistencies maybe with the writing but nonetheless it is engaging and yeah i think it's worth watching
1: so this show was originally supposed to be uh well people have said that it's based on the today show with matt lauer and katie Couric. oh yeah. And what happened with that show? Bye bye, Matt. Because Matt Lauer was also Me Tooed. And then there was a book written about their relationship, Katie Couric and Matt Lauer. So there's there's sort of a direct correlation. The reason they were, so to speak, late to the game is because, you know, all of that stuff came out. And then obviously they let the dust settle for at least a little bit before they made a show about it. So what we see here is a very interesting. Portrayal of talking about these issues candidly. And it does it so well because it presents all the sides of the coin. It's not just two sides, but like so many different sides. And it makes you as the viewer see things from the other perspective always. And it makes you think, is this person actually in the wrong? Is this person in the wrong? Who's in the right? And uh, I'm not at all trying to advocate for people who have been me too'd uh, don't misunderstand what I'm saying Steve, here. Yeah, I'm canceling you right now. F you Gabe. <laughs> I kick you off of our cast. No. <laughs> but it does make you think and it makes you think very critically about the different uh, the big issues viewpoints or understandings from the people that are intimately entangled in these events. Ali and I had multiple discussions while watching the show about like, you know, that's, that's a very gray area. And how do you, how do you talk about a gray area yeah. in public or out loud outside of a private setting? And this show sort of confronts that head on, makes you think about that. And that in of itself is a really interesting topic to broach. Am I alone?
2: Yeah, it is interesting i think
0: that's a great point i mean you have a lot of individuals not just in the public eye but even every so many people in their personal lives who were perhaps even concerned with entering you know like the dating world atmosphere right. because yeah. of both from men and women you right. know because of like how they'll come across now because they're so concerned maybe mm-hmm. about you know the modern times of being socially awkward to the point where it it may come off in a way that they had not anticipated and one of those famous stories of recent years you know with the beneficial you know hindsight bias that we have is, is mm. Anziz and Zari who mm-hmm. yeah, had yeah. his whole thing come out where he's just it seemed like while he, this, it was consensual it, it seemed like he was just really bad at being in this it seemed like it was just really socially awkward, right? Yeah, yeah. And he almost had his career essentially derailed, and that was part of his new yeah. special was like being candid about that whole experience. Yeah, and it is kind of scary because there are absolutely uh, <laughs> there's a uh, there's consequences when this never. I never wanted to um, like take away from the merit of the mm-hmm. accused, and mm-hmm. when they come forth with sure. you know these yeah Uh, these stories yeah but there is there is a reason why there is a due process and and you have to be careful Mm -hmm. before you you start bringing out the pitchforks Mm -hmm. and go to town on on these people so
1: it was interesting too because the other thing is that like uh steve carell and, and martin short is in this as well and they're both like known to be really nice guys in real life yeah and they're portraying these misogynistic womanizers in this show And it's so funny that they cast them to be these people. That's a great cast. Yeah, it's really funny. And they're really good at it. But the one thing that's really interesting is Steve Carell's character, Mitch Kessler. In the first season, he's really defensive. He's trying to, like, talk about how he thought it was consensual and never really admits to, like, him doing anything wrong. He's like, I just, I thought that, like, you know, she understood and we were, you know... Into this together, and he, I think he was actually—I mean, the, the show portrayed him to be genuine in his his uh, perspective, like in his stance. Uh, then in the second season, he finally admits to—and if this is interesting—is the thing he admits to is really sort of being blind to being considerate of like another person's feelings. Yeah, and he admits to being guilty for that, and it just such a good point because if everyone that exists on planet earth, you know, regardless of the me too movement could just be more considerate toward our neighbor toward our person in front of us, the world would just be a a better, a kinder place, you know?
2: Yeah. Speaking of like this topic and then also like gray areas, even the the topic of what is consensual is a gray area because oftentimes victims, when there is someone trying to Act in a certain way a lot of victims will freeze especially
0: in a power imbalance very
2: very common so you can't expect that person to like just automatically advocate for themselves and be like no like i don't want this get away from me Mm -hmm. like oftentimes they freeze and go with it um but that doesn't mean that that's being consensual. And that I mean that only echoes like the the last last duel where it's showing the perspective shifts and how the perspective of the person acting and the perspective of the quote unquote victim is gonna be differing. But I mean, yeah, it's obviously a very complicated subject depending on like the circumstances and all of that. But like in the case of Hannah, that character, like he looked at he looked at it as consensual because like she didn't run away. She like, you know, she engaged with him, but she, I mean, even the way it was seen, like she was clearly like frozen and she was traumatized by it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's something important to consider too. Like what someone, what he's considering consensual wasn't actually consensual.
0: It seems like a rational adult should always be able to think critically and observe where the line is in the sand. But I guess there is just hormones, uh, man. Yeah, that's apparently just not the case so much of the time with human beings because of
1: rational is not really the case here. There's a lot of privileged people in this in this show who are coming from privileged backgrounds.
0: That's why I said when Allie was talking, like so much of that takes place when there's a power imbalance because (laughs) in any industry, even in like a friend group, you Mm -hmm. know, in in a in a casual environment. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's it's so sad to see that but it yeah. is the it is how it is. So every, there's a responsibility I think that everybody has to accept and that's why there is an accountability and I think ultimately we for better not for worse are living in that age of accountability now. Yeah, yeah. so Yeah, true. We're here. <laughs> and that's what the morning shows about, right Stephen?
1: Yeah, um I would recommend it for you adults out there. Who feel like you can handle some mature programming, taking in these topics and considering them to their fullness because these subjects are not to be taken lightheartedly. Uh, so if you can go into the show with an open mind and open heart, I'd highly recommend it. Apple TV. Apple TV's got a few quality, uh, shows. Billy Crudup is honestly amazing. He's like yeah. one of the most interesting characters I've seen in a television show, I think ever.
0: That man has been killing it for years.
1: I'm yeah. glad he's so good still doing it. I can't wait to see more of this show. Hopefully there's not anything crazy they can do next. I don't know what else they can like do that's yeah. weighty. How much do you want to alienate your viewer base? Potentially. A, a lot
0: We go all the way on Apple TV.
1: It does seem to this show does seem to have an agenda.
0: There you go. You heard it here first. <laughs> Steven's calling. This is now. the first time. <laughs> Anyone's <laughs> ever said that typically we
1: don't review shows with agendas on the cult podcast <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> Here's the opening song that I really actually don't like very much from succession ouch succession. The morning show <laughs> <laughs> Oh no <laughs> <laughs>